Hey, 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 Closet Busters and Bold Move Makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the Bold Move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. So it's always interesting when we think about the closets of our lives. They come in all shapes and sizes, and they come from all directions in life that we take or don't take. In fact, most of the time that we're living in a closet, it's because we're not taking a direction that we really want to take in our life. And this is one of those episodes where we're going to step out of our proverbial LGBTQ closet. And we're going to step into a closet that you will be like, really? Really? This person had to hide in the closet because of this? And he has an extraordinary journey that started actually with the tragedy of 9-11 and developed into many other things, which I will let this beautiful guest share with us in a few moments. But before we do, I'm going to just let him share a piece of his creativity, his art, and the way he enters into the world. His name is Rick Delarada. He is a jazz musician, and we're doing something we have never done before on the podcast. We're going to let this artist actually share their creativity and their art, and we're going to enjoy it for just a few minutes here, and then Rick will join me. Lift me, won't you lift me above the old routine? Make it nice, play it clean, oh, just man. Thank you. 
to be hidden in a closet yes isn't that crazy yeah um that's really crazy 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 but true so you know what what happens is um you you study music and you, you know you go to music school and you learn classical music and you study jazz and then you become passionate about improvisation and all that stuff and then you go out to work and try to make a living and you know you're playing in you know, dance bands and top 40 bands and old time bands and this, all these different types of things, wedding bands and just, you know, solo piano and lounges and coffee shops and here and there and just trying to, you know, um, uh, make ends meet and just, right. you know, bumbling around, but packing up singers, you know, all kinds of things, all kinds of crap. I mean, you name it, I've done it, uh, you know, playing for silent movies, just playing gig after gig and all kinds of things. And, you know, basically you just can't seem to get recognized for who you are and, and what you are. And, you know, you're constantly uh, being called for things that you're functioning with your skills. And I got to a point where I'd come to New York to play jazz. Right. And, I wasn't really playing in New York. I was being reverse commuting out to, you know, New Jersey and, uh, you know, um, uh, New Jersey and uh, Long Island and upstate and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I, it, with this car that I had. And one day, uh, Rick, I took my car because I had a tour coming up with a, a 50s band called The Platters that you, you might have heard of. They had a lot of hits in the yep. 90s. I had a tour coming up with them and I couldn't use this car. You know, I, I mean, the car was getting me a lot of gigs and helping me survive and all that. But like I said, I was going the wrong way. You know, I wasn't really playing much in Manhattan because I, people knew I had the car and they knew I could play any kind of music and they were just 
calling me to fulfill their needs. I took the car, I drove it into New Jersey with a screwdriver. And I just walked out of the car. I, I undid the, the license plates and I walked away from the car. And I said, you know, I'm going to play on the island of Manhattan when I get back from this tour. And that's it. I'm going to play. I came here to play in Manhattan. I'm going to play in Manhattan. So now I'm playing wherever they have a piano in Manhattan, which mostly, as you, if you might know, if you've been to Manhattan, uh, mostly it's uh, gay bars that have pianos in them. So I was playing in all of the places around here for the townhouse and the duplex and place called 88s and the village. And, you know, they're well-known right. famous places. Um, and I was really, um, I felt like I had something in common with the people that I was playing for because um, they were further out of the closet than I was. You know what I mean? I was, you know, playing show tunes and just trying to stay afloat while I, did what I could to try to get somewhere as a jazz artist. And right about the time that my first CD came out, um, I ended up, because of all these things I was doing in New York City, I got an award from Backstage, the very famous, uh, you know, uh, where every all the actors go to look where to get their acting gigs. And I didn't right. even know how famous uh, it was, except I remember seeing the paper on the street all the time and everybody would, all the actors would pick it up. And so I won the Backstage Bistro Award um, and performed there with my quartet that had played on my um, of, on my CD, my first CD, you know, that I kind of did everything my, myself. And the next thing we, I know we, we were kind of off to the races, you know, playing right. the Blue Note here in New York City, playing in uh, Birdland here and, you know, the clubs here in New York City, then traveling to places like Hong Kong and Brazil, et cetera. And then I was really, uh, you know, doing it all. I was still mixing in some of these kind of piano bar types of things that I was doing, uh, but also playing with my own band whenever I could. And I had traveled all over the world. And now I realized that what else is in the closet is the power of music. You know, mm -hmm. people are looking at music just for fun and entertainment and all that stuff. And that's really great. Um, you know, but... What about the healing power of music? What about the way it brings people together and unites people in a positive way? What about the way it cuts through, uh, you know, creed and language and religion and every single barrier that divides us, music breaks through. You can reach a person's heart in I, as easily as you could in Iran to, to Rwanda. And wow. when, yeah. So when 9-11 when hit, um, I remembered... Uh, you know, telling people that, um, you know, uh, th there was issues, issues with Palestinians and Israelis and, you know, they were fighting and all this stuff was going on. And I said, you know, I I uh, I find myself playing with Israelis and Palestinians right in my apartment or right in other people's apartments. You know, they sure. come and play jazz from both countries and they don't they get along just fine when we're on the bandstand. Um, and the next thing you knew, no, I had written a poem called Jazz Piece, watching the tragedy of 9-11 from my mm -hmm. rooftop, which was less than a quarter of a mile away. So I, I wrote a poem, the poem was called Jazz for Peace. And with the poem, I had already come out of the closet once, as you know, becoming, going from just a, a musician, entertainer, whatever, right. you know, um, whatever you call those people, minstrel, you know, right. to a, <laughs> To, to, you know, who I was in my soul, which was a, a jazz a musician, an exploratory improviser, et cetera, and someone who, who had the skills to bring that to people 
uh, where sometimes the, the pure jazz purist plays over there. You know, you can't plays over my head, let alone theirs, you know? Right. So, uh, so, so the challenge of bringing jazz to people was, uh, a big challenge for me. And I was excited to, to heed that call, but then now here I am with this poem and I realized if I followed the words of the poem I wrote, if I, I talked the talk when I wrote this poem, what if I was to walk the walk and actually follow the words of that poem that I wrote on 9-11, watching those events called Jazz for Peace. And that's what I've been doing ever since, giving me the chance to show people that we can uh, heal, we can heal our, our, our you know, our souls. And, and, and um, actually what ended up happening was a famous quote came out of that poem because I, I wrote the poem. Then I recited the poem at a jazz festival in Savannah, Georgia. And then when I got back from that, I got a call from a reporter for the next place I was playing who heard about the poem. And he started just talking to me. And off the top of my head, I happened to say, you know, if we fill our souls up with things like, you know, creativity and artistry and intellectuality and things of that nature, we will have a better chance at avoiding the behavior that leads to destruction. And that came out in his article and that got lifted by, I don't know what happened. It just took a life of its own and it wow. ended up in all kinds of famous quotes websites that I never even knew existed. Hmm. And I would you know, find out about them just by looking for something on Google. And I might not find what I was looking for, but I'd find some famous quotes websites, quote A to Z quotes, Rick Delarada, famous quotes. And then, of course, if you go to one of those famous websites, you're inspired because of, you see quotes by all of these people that honestly, if we if we just took all the quotes from these great people who said them um, and follow those, we'd be a thousand times better off. What a story. But there's also so much in there, too, that every step of the way it was like breaking free of a closet. It's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. So why? Why do you feel like for jazz musicians, it's almost like, you know, you see all the greats and everything. Jazz was like the so much a fabric of American life. And yet it's almost like it's almost like there's a quote shame, so to speak, on like admitting that this is who you are. Why do you think that is? Well, you know, that's something I brought up in the in that original Jazz for Peace article. You know, um, I said that. You know, it, we we act like because because if you look at the history of jazz artists, you'll see a lot of them had to leave America. You know, they had to go to Europe and they had to go to Paris. They had to go to places right. where they were, you know, acknowledged and respected, um, you know, and, and treated with dignity. Uh, mm. and, and why that is, um, you know, I, it's I said it's kind of like we're kind of like um, people that you know, aren't acknowledging an award that we won or a prize that we have. I mean, here we have this treasure that's, you know, uh, loved all over the world. And yet, you know, we're and, and I think it had something to do with the fact that, um, you know, we kind of get behind the eight ball a little bit. We 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 don't want to admit um, to acknowledge jazz. We would also have to admit to other truths. You know, mm. the problem with one truth is that leads to another truth. Oh, that's so true. In, in the LGBTQ community, that's the thing that I think pushes people's buttons. It's like, we're acknowledging our truth. Well, now if you're going to embrace us, then that means you have to acknowledge the truth that you embrace us, you know? And it's it's just this 
it's this continuum. It's a snowball, you know, and we're seeing that we're seeing this now in present day, you know, with everything that's yeah. going on. And, you know, here we are the day after 4th of July and assaults on freedom and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, before we even got on to start recording this, you had mentioned that at, like we we are under assault again in the arts and everything, because, you know, just go back to the crazy stunt that a certain a certain politician pulled in Florida where, you know, you can't show people, you know, the statue of David, give me a fucking break. You know, my God, it's like, we're going to attack these things, but then people go, well, why is there an issue with people being in closets? Artists are feeling like they have to hide in the closet. They can't say this thing or they can't do that thing. I mean, all the drag queen brands, let's just go there. That's an artistic performance for the most part. Right. Yes, I've seen some drag shows that are pretty risque and stuff, but they're not happening with children, folks. I'm just saying that they're not happening with kids in the room for damn sure. It, and, again, uh, it's, like, it's kind of a smear, isn't it? They kind it of like, they try to throw something on it that's not there. They throw this shade on it, and then they say, okay, look, look, if we take this mud here and stick it on here, now we can get rid of all of it. And, you know, it's kind of a bit of a censorship. I The problem I have with censorship is, if you do that, you don't know what the other side is saying. I mean, I would want, if I was opposed to anything, I would actually want to hear them all. I would want to hear them at all times. I'd want to have them on speaker because right. I want to know what they're saying so that exactly. I, you know what I mean? And, you know, and then the other part is it's like, um, we're also ashamed to admit that we learn from people that we might want to, you know, uh, consider ourselves above or whatever, you know, that puts us in a position where we don't want to humble ourselves and admit that we have something to learn from everybody, you know? Yep. So there, there's these issues like that. And, uh, you know, talking about the situation now with freedom of speech and, and freedom of, um, you know, journalistic integrity, uh, you know, this issue where, um, see what I did when I performed, what I did with this performance is I started with a song called Jazz Man, mainly because um, where I just was in Utah, everyone calls me Jazz Man. So they all calls me Jazz Man. And last year when I came home from Utah uh, skiing, Someone wanted me to play on their party. They said, what are you going to play? And I just thought, why don't I just play that Carol King song, Jazz Man, since everyone's calling me that, you know, and I'll do something jazz. I'll do something special with it. So what I do, though, is I go into a free improvisation and I call that free jazz because that is a term free jazz. Uh, it, it really comes from the 1960s when they these musicians would just openly create everything. They would create the whole thing like complete improvisation. Yeah. And it's a form, except. I ended up finding out in Haiti that the word jazz is actually a misspelling. Another thing that maybe we don't want, some of us don't want to admit, but the real, uh, the real spelling of jazz is J-A-S-S. -S. It's a Creole word. And that's why if you ever see a really traditional New Orleans jazz band, they will call, they will spell it J-A-S-S. So mm. I took the Z's off because they were misspelled. I took the S's off because nobody knows that's the real spelling. Now we have free J-A, and that's something of issue right now because, you know, we have a situation where, um, you know, uh, we, we shouldn't be censoring someone. You know, I don't want the bombing of, incivil uh, of civilians. I mean, I don't want to see that on any side. I don't care who it right. is. Yeah, I don't want to see us doing it. I don't see anybody else doing it. And you have to be able to report on it because if you can't report on things that are not popular, they will proliferate. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? They'll proliferate because they'll say, hey, go ahead and do it. No one's going to report on it. Look, we got this guy in jail. There's nobody to report on it. So just bomb the hell out of the civilians. No right. one will ever know. You know, we can't have this. No. We need our freedoms. That's why we need our freedoms. Yeah. 
And part of that is bringing those freedoms out of the closet. Like you need to see that these freedoms are as important as other freedoms in the world. And um, too often, I know in my community, the LGBTQ community, we have felt like, okay, we have to keep holding back. We need to keep high. I, I mean, a few months ago, I know there were the the two young men in New York City who got, you know, were in gay bars, got, you know, drugged and and then got there robbed and all this sort of stuff. And it's just one of those things where that's going to cause any of us to shelter and hide, right? Right. But the more we feel we have to, quote, shelter and hide, the more those forces win because now they're winning. And I think the freedom and I'm a huge, huge theater person. I love musicals. I love going to live theater, all that sort of stuff. And the ones that have just really resonated with me lately are, you know, like the Hamiltons, the 1776s, anything that is like we are pushing the envelope against what is no longer it's no longer a truth. It was a true. It was never really a truth. It was an abuse of power and everything else. Because I think these are the moments where so many of us in so many ways are being called out of the closet to go stand in your truth, be who you're meant to be. And I know you did that early on as you were, you know, stepping into your jazz self and everything that you actually have a pretty tight tie to the LGBTQ community in New York. That was where you found some solace to truly be yourself, right? I did. And, you know, I, I related to them and, and maybe I think they might have even related to me, uh, you know, because you pick up on energy, you know, and here I was, you know, coming out of the closet as a jazz artist trying to and with people who've, who themselves face the adversity of coming out of the closet, you know, in their own way. And I kind of believe that we all have this kind of synergy because you know, a lot of people don't really find out who they really are because they're afraid that it's going to be something that's unpopular. So yep. they don't, come, you know, they don't come out of the closet. That now they're frustrated human beings, and maybe they get mis they misdirect that frustration, and bad things happen. You know, I think, um, you know, people need to look into who they really are. I believe that there's a wondrous person probably inside of everyone if they were to just dig down deep and find it. Uh, because a lot of times you see, you know, when you flip that AC to DC, yep. uh, someone who's on a very uh, unproductive path, when you flip it that way and all that energy is directed pro productively, they become just as powerful, a powerful force of good as they were a negative force when it was yeah. when they were going in the wrong direction. And so the it's key. Go ahead. Well, but the interesting thing here, Rick, is besides both of us having the same first name, um, but the interesting thing is. There's so much commonality in the experience. Right. And I just, I just wish people could grasp that concept. You know, yes, I'm a proud member of the LGBTQ community, but my coming out journey was not the only coming out journey I went through. You know, six right. years after I came out, I went through a coming out journey to say, I'm going to quit doing what I'm doing. And I don't want to be working for a corporate organization. I want to do my own thing. That was a coming out journey in of itself. And then when the podcast showed up, I'm like, I don't see myself doing that. But then I kind of started doing it. And here we are, you know, 600 and some episodes later. And I'm like, you know, everything we do is a coming out journey. It's a coming to our truth. It's a coming to admitting it. Now, do we have to wrap it in the metaphor? No, but it actually is a pretty freaking strong metaphor to talk about all of us having our interesting little closets 
Some of them are not even interesting. Some are very shameful closets, you know, and others are just very like unique closets. Like I would have never thought that somebody would have had to come out of the closet about being a jazz musician, except I actually played the piano for years. So I kind of get that. And some of my favorite stuff to play was jazz. But everybody else, oh, you need to learn the classics. And all. I get that. I get the fundamentals of it. But that's not if I was going to have pursued this, I would not have been playing classical music for by any stretch of the imagination. But even that is like, oh, well, you, you're you know, you're not doing the right thing you have. And so I think it's interesting when you can see these beautiful spaces where the roads intersect in human experience. Every road intersects. And so much of the time the people who are quote forcing us into the closet is because you're not fitting into the mold that they see you fitting into. And I know as a musician, you've had to see that many times over. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go play this, you know, bar mitzvah. I'm going to do this wedding. I'm not, uh, well, we, we want this. We really want this. And you're like, that's not really my jam, but you know, Hey, I'm, I'm going to go make some money. That's a way of being forced into a closet that you don't really want to fit into. And I'm sure you've, experience that over and well, over absolutely. again you know see there's a time for it and a place for it as you're growing as a musician because absolutely you're, you're, you can draw from everything and keep drawing for it you know but then there comes a time and that's where the scary part is where you have to say hey i my spirit needs to go you know, i need to go forward i have i'm prepared to go forward but there's no forward for me you know there's just people who are going to not look so favorably on you making that decision you're not fitting into their plans anymore you know all of that kind of stuff there's no there's no uh trail for you there's no there's no one who blazed the trail for you to follow you know you're kind of out there and and it's almost like you're getting um you know, you're getting punished for your advancement in a way. It's a risky advancement. It comes yep. with a lot of risks. And, um, you, you know, the, 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 the thing is, though, a lot of times you have to ask yourself, you know, first of all, who is the person who doesn't want you to do that? And do you think it's worth it not to do it just for that person? You know, what yep. was that? And then you still look at the person you're like, oh, my God, you know, that person will get over it in two seconds if I achieve my goals, but I'll never get over it if I listen to that person and don't do what my spirit and my soul is telling me. Yeah. Yeah. So what does your spirit and soul tell you these days with all the crazy chaos and everything that's going on on the planet? What's Rick's soul telling him right now to you do know, with his music? More than anything, more than anything, it's telling me that um, people need to get they need to get past their own denial and take a look at what Jazz for Peace has done and participate in it. Because, you know, the, the, the frustrating thing for me has been, you know, we've done over 850 of these events and we have all of the testimonials listed on a page and you can go there and see for yourself. And, you know, the thing is, I mean, people used to say, well, this and well, that they had this excuse, that excuse. One of their favorite excuses was, guess what, Rick? They used to say, it sounds too good to be true. So now we got to the point where they, they really were, almost did, didn't want to go forward because it was too good, actually. Now it became too good. You know what I mean? So now you see them changing to like, you know, the people that don't participate, even they have to check themselves before they wreck themselves by saying, so they won't even say too good to be true anymore. Cause even they like, mm, it's cringy for them to say it, you know, even they can't live with it. Sure. If you see their conscience literally bending a little bit, it's like, they want to keep weaseling out of it. You know, it's like, it's like if you tell a drunk to stop drinking, you know, 
they're pissed off at first and they want to say that you're the problem. You know, yep. they want to attack you. You're, in a, you know, who the hell do you think you're, blah, 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 you know what I mean? And now we're past that stage, you know, but then they come up with some wacky, crazy excuse and then blah, blah, blah. And so now it's, it's kind of time for people to, Hey, participate in, in some way or other that works for you. And, um, see what it can do because it really does uh it really does um take the edge off of a lot of these issues and start a process where we you know the thing is you can't everyone wants a quick solution that's kind of crazy you know you have to it's almost like sitting down at the piano and say well i've got an hour i want to i want to play i want to i want to play like oscar peterson you know, can you do that for me? You know what I mean? No, we can't do that for you. It's a process in the right direction. You know, it's a step by step by step by step. And we have to we have to get going with these with these steps, you know, and helping outstanding causes through the art form of jazz. Um, it's just it ain't broke. And so, the, I, the, you know, I, I just would like to see people participating. There's outstanding causes in the gay community um, that are absolutely outstanding. And I would love, I would love to be a part of, you know, helping the helping causes in in that right. world, just like I have done as far away as Lahore, Pakistan, where I help people that couldn't, you know, that were trying to promote literacy, or mm. you know, in Rwanda, where I was helping them bring their country um, to back to the world again, 14 years after a horrific genocide that made people want never want to even look at the country of Rwanda again, you know. But hey, it was time for them to come out of the closet and yep. Jazz for Peace helped them. So I've seen all of these crazy things happen that we've done. It's almost like walking into a movie. And I just want everyone to experience it once. That's all. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want That's you to experience awesome. it once. And I want you tell me what you think because I see what the people who have experienced it tell me, you know? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, I. Well, I, there's, there's, there's something about the arts that just. I always, and maybe because I'm a theater musical arts person, but there's something right. uniting about it. You know, it's really hard to not to have a negative thought when you're in the arts. It's really right. difficult. You know, um, a few months ago, my husband and I took off, we spent a weekend in LA. We don't live far from LA and We'd like, we go, we draw, we'll drive down to LA for the day and go to the theater and drive back home. It's a three hour drive each way. But, you know, sometimes it's like, ah, eh, we don't really want to stay in a hotel. Mm -hmm. Well, that weekend we decided, you know, we're going to, we're just really going to like, we're going to go enjoy the whole weekend. And we saw 1776 at the theater. We happened to get some Cirque du Soleil tickets on Saturday before we saw 1776. We went to two different museums and my outlook on life was just so much different. Now, it also fired me up because so much of what we saw was about the freedom of expression. And there were things about racism and certain things that were brought into a couple of the museums we were looking at. And I'm like, I'm really glad this was, you know, waking me up. Not that I'm blind to this. I'm very much like, no, this is all bullshit that's going on so much around us these days. But I'm so glad it gave me another perspective to look at it and, uh, and to just stand in that space of the arts and creativity and allowing people that have woken themselves up to, I'm going to put this out in the world. And so often, I think we hold ourselves back, again, using the closet metaphor, in the closets of our life. When, if we just released what we need to release into the world, 
it could make the world a completely different space. And that's what I love about the arts and artists is they put their stuff out in the world. I've interviewed many, many, many artists over the time of this podcast from country music artists to drag queens to classical artists. Uh, one of the most recent ones that I interviewed, she's actually a, I would consider somewhat a kind of a jazz eclectic artist and she's based in China and she's a Canadian that lives in China and she's got a huge Chinese following. And it was just such an interesting thing to talk to her about, you know, how she's released that. She happens to be somebody who is, she did a reverse coming out. It was so interesting. She came out as a, I'm going to say bisexual lesbian. And then she ended up marrying a heterosexual guy and then got divorced from him. And so she called it a reverse coming out. She's like, yeah, I went that, but then I went back and she goes, then everybody thought when I got divorced, I would, you know, I would go back to being my quote lesbian bisexuals if like you turn the switches on and off, right? And she goes, I'm still that person. I'm attracted to women as much as I am to men. But she goes, then I remarried another heterosexual guy. And she goes, and I'm loving my journey. It's all about putting yourself out there in the world the way that works for you and allowing each other to be who we are. With one caveat, I always say, as long as you're not hurting somebody else, that's the biggest thing, you know? So well, I'm so, go ahead. Oh, well, it absolutely is. And you know what? When you're doing what you love, chances are you're not interested in hurting people because mm -hmm. you're getting so much joy from making others happy and pleasing, you know, and, and, and you're, you know, your your joy is, is feeding onto other people and you're doing something, you know, that's that's uh, uh, mutually enjoyable and, and, and bringing joy to people and inspiration and things like that. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, there's tons of situations being a piano bar entertainer. I mean, you know, down at the duplex, which is, as you know, a famous uh, piano bar in New York City. And there's, there's right. this, there was this drag queen that used to come in and her name was Flotilla DeBarge. And she did the, about the best version of black coffee that I've ever heard in my life, you know. So, I uh, mean, there's all kinds of wild memories. You know, the 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 bartender's name was uh, Miss Gingivitis. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was just a, the characters were just outrageous. But, you know, a lot of these people, they, I mean, they were they were expressing themselves and, you know, mm -hmm. they were, you know, they were trying to spread what makes them feel joy onto others. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, you know, that's kind of what it's all about. I mean, all these people now, you know, uh, Jazz for Peace, what's amazing to me is that when I started to receive these testimonials, it was amazing to me that we could help, you know, an organization in Queens that is, you know, helping Holocaust victims and wants to transition into other service, uh, you know, a church in, um, uh, you know, Philadelphia that want that needs to put uh, handicap accessory things in their in their in their church for their parishioners. You know, uh, to to you know the situations I told you about Rwanda, uh, the situation where there was an earthquake in Nepal. All these things that jazz was playing a difference in healing. You know, and when I was out in Utah, I happened to find out that a jazz uh, series had just kind of just closed shut closed its doors. You know, and I thought wow. to myself, you know. Jesus, I mean, why wouldn't they have like contacted Jazz or give us a chance? Why would you, you know, why would you think there's a zero percent chance that Jazz Peace could have done something for them? I mean, if we can help people as far away as Kenya, Africa, what makes you think we'd be of zero help to you? I mean, why didn't they give right. us a chance? There's another uh, woman in um, um, uh, Philadelphia, no, in uh, Pennsylvania, who had a jazz uh, festival. And again, they just closed their doors, never gave us a chance, you know, to, to, to help it. And now at least that woman 
I think has really changed her mind because now um, on her site, she ha- she ended up having a podcast. She had me on her podcast and she decided when she asked for a resume from each artist, um, yep. she I gave her a resume. She decided to take the unprecedented achievements of Jazz for Peace and just display that. So, wow. you know, you can see that, you know, they've, so that's what I mean by if we could change the paradigm, you yes. know, and let Jazz for Peace do its job to help outstanding causes as we've been doing. Mm-hmm. And I'd like well, to join, I, like I said, every community, I don't want, I don't want anybody to left to be left out. Certainly right. not the people who helped me come out of the closet as a jazz musician, which is, you know, the gay community. Right. Well, and I think, I mean, this podcast is a testament to the paradigm shift too. I mean, it was 100% LGBTQ coming out stories, which we still do a predominance of those, but I like bringing in these other perspectives of what does that closet look like? In fact, my gut feeling, I'm usually pretty good on my instincts on this. Somebody's going to listen to this one. And like, I've always like thought about doing jazz, but I'm afraid to go put myself out there or even start. It could be some young gay person is listening. is like, yeah, I'd like to be a jazz musician, but oh, my gay community is probably going to think I'm really weird with that. I'm not doing pop or rock or rap or whatever, you know? And it's so interesting when we get to experience someone else's perspective of how they came out of their closet and into their world. It helps you see how you can do that yourself. And you've shared that so well today, man. I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. And I've got to tell your your viewers uh, something that I think they'd be interested in. Um, you know, Duke Ellington, everyone knows Duke Ellington, how famous he, you know, how great is his, uh, what right. a great impact and contribution he has made to American music. But a lot of people don't know that Duke Ellington was really two people. It was Duke Ellington and a lot of the things that actually he made famous were songs written by a man named Billy Strahan. Mm-hmm. Billy Strayhorn, I mean, Billy Strayhorn. So, so Billy Strayhorn was a gay man who was um, really a, a fascinating figure for you to for you to uh, check out. But he he was an openly gay man, and he was the type of person who's like, I'm who I am. You know, he was out of the closet. He didn't care what anybody thought, and he wrote amazing music, including "Take the A Train" and some of of of, of his greatest. Um, of Duke Ellington's most popular works, Billy Strayhorn wrote that wrote those songs. On top of that, Billy Strayhorn wrote things on his own. Some of them were recorded by Duke Ellington Orchestra. One of them I wrote the lyrics to, and it's a wow. song called Isfahan, and it's a song that Billy Strayhorn wrote about the beautiful city of Iran called Isfahan, and I wrote the words to it, and. Um, uh, I think what might be a fun introduction just for some of your listeners, if they want to hear the music of jazz for peace uh, beyond, you know, the, the little thing, the little thing I just made up for you here um, is to go on. They could go on YouTube and they could type in um, Isfahan, I-S-F-A-H-A-N, uh, Rick Delarada, Billy Strayhorn, you know, something like that. Yeah, and yeah. you would get to that video. And awesome. just listen to the version that I did, the lyrics that I wrote to his amazing melody. And, uh, you know, there's a there's a little uh, start with jazz. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, Rick, it's been such a pleasure to have you on and have you share yourself and your journey to your own closet and the closet you came out of. And you and to some degree, you probably still come out of from time to time, because every time there's like the stories you just t- shared about somebody closing down and stuff like 
there's a closet door that could have been opened and we could have helped you get through that. But um, I really appreciate you and your time today and sharing yourself with my audience and the support that you've given the LGBTQ community. I mean, just putting your, your own footprint into our world shows what, when you're a good ally, you can move mountains as well as anybody else. So um, truly appreciate you, man. And appreciate you giving us a sense of your creativity, your time and your talent. So thanks for being here, buddy. Thank you so much. And thanks for all the support from so many wonderful people from this community. I really just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life on Closet. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about and you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted and never stop stepping out, stepping up and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.
And all that had to be brought out of the closet because it had been hidden away. <laughs>